Glad to talk with you. This is a call-in show, 586-1800 gets you on the air. We can talk about landscaping and gardening. We can talk about tasks for this year. We can talk about spectacular things. There was a beautiful picture of a Luisia on the internet this week. Absolutely beautiful. Thank you ever so much, Deb. That was lovely. And what an amazing morning. Tide's so low. Foggy sky. You know, life is always exciting in Juneau, Alaska. There was absolutely not a dull moment to be had. Oh, and it was so pretty this morning. And soft, man, it makes me feel like it's like I'm swathed in cotton down. Okay, well, good for you. I feel wet. (laughs) (laughs) Well. But on the other hand. Energetic. uh, Wet and energetic. You got a big day of work today. I, I know it's coming at you. I like it. You know, maintaining the landscape is... It's not as much fun as installing the landscape. Glad to talk with you. This is a call-in show, 586-1800 gets you on the air. We can talk about landscaping and gardening. We can talk about tasks for this year. We can talk about spectacular things. That was a beautiful picture of a Luisia on the internet this week. Absolutely beautiful. Thank you ever so much, Deb. That was lovely. And what an amazing morning. Tide's so low. Foggy sky. You know, life is always exciting in Juneau, Alaska. There was absolutely not a dull moment to be had. Oh, and it was so pretty this morning. And soft, man, it makes me feel like it's like I'm swathed in cotton down. Okay, well, good for you. I feel wet. (laughs) (laughs) Well. But on the other hand. Energetic. uh, Wet and energetic. You got a big day of work today. I, I know it's coming at you. I like it. You know, maintaining the landscape is it's not as much fun as installing the landscape, which I, is truly my passion. But maintaining landscapes so they can always look their best uh, is really important. And, um, and I, it's satisfying. I do a good job. It's so very satisfying. Yes, making things look the way they're supposed to, because so many people don't have any idea what it's supposed to look like. You know, but I've been you've, exposed to a lot of landscapes. And, and you've been taking care of landscapes for... 50 years, too. I think longer really than that. Nice I planted my first plant when I was four. Oh, yeah, a lot longer than that. <laughs> oh, we're not saying that. Okay, so uh, give us a call. Let us know about some perfect landscapes that you've seen and some spectacular things that you think we all ought to be aware of. It's really, really been a gardener's year this year. Well, we've had our trials. You know, the downpours, the heavy rain, like not historical, usual rain. But uh, the really tough things just keep on going. You That's know, what look I mean. at that summer blooming flocks at the Wells Fargo. It hasn't missed a beat. Right. No matter how hard it rains. That's right. That's right. And uh, the and yarrow, the hydrangeas. Hydrangeas and the yarrow and rosan geraniums. All those midsummer bloomers. Are, Stalwarts is I what just, we call them. I like to applaud them. Yeah, me too. So, and, um, even the roses are blooming, going and going. And the. A stillbies all over town is stillbies waving in the air right now in bloom in color so pretty so many of them and the dwarf daylilies the Stella de Oro really really pretty also so this you know, is a great time to get ready for spring you know your ground is warm it's moist if you want to plant perennials and plant them now so you have them in the springtime, this is the time to do it. Absolutely. And particularly those things, which if you put them in the ground now, they come up in the springtime when nothing else is there yet. It's so 
It's so wintry, and it's, then those things come poking up out of the ground, and they're such welcome visitors. Well, there's that, but there's also, it's so hard to get material with the pandemic. It, you know, it's not like the old days where everybody had everything. It's like, if you want Monarda, or if you want Roseanne geraniums, and you can find them at a nursery now, then this is when you should plant them, because come springtime, they're not going to be available. That's how it certainly was this year, wasn't it? It was really hard. No matter to get how many material. times we tried to get things, they just weren't available. We ordered in February and got them in August, which, by the way, we just got a large supply of summer blooming perennials delivered to Landscape Alaska. So if you're looking for delphiniums, we have some real pretty blue ones, and we have some Lewisias, like David was talking about. We have four and or five kinds of monarda monarda is the bee balm if you don't know it by the botanical name and we're carrying mostly the dwarf but we have some tall pink which is really very pretty and um it's a super pollinator attractor too came with bees <laughs> <laughs> and uh did it really the, there were bees in the flowers of you back uh-huh, uh-huh uh i bet they're surprised the moonshine yarrow the bright yellow oh yarrows. yeah isn't that pretty it is pretty and it's got that lovely gray foliage that blends with everything. Right. So anyway, if there are things that you want to add to your garden, this is a nice time. We also have this really beautiful summer blooming phlox called Baby Doll. I don't know where they get these names, but it's really pretty. It's white on the outside and pink on the inside. Really very lovely. And fragrant? Man, oh man. Really nice. It's hard to get something that's, that's more sweet than that. So... Uh, cut back things that aren't thriving like the bleeding hearts should get cut back uh any of your delphiniums that have been beat up go ahead and cut them back fertilize everything because they still have several months of growing make their roots be bigger and they'll store more starch for getting through the winter time um and you want to keep on top of having decay on top of your garden beds so you want to make sure you rake up the leaves and you know, keep it neat and tidy. Any of that so they kind stay of stuff healthier. That's, that's fading away. You look at something and it's getting yellow leaves and they're starting to droop. Go ahead and whack it off. You don't need them to, to die on the plant. You don't need them to fall to the ground and rot there. You want to whack that thing off, get some nice fresh growth You need growth to do that with our bleeding hearts at the nursery. I will do it and today. And I've been bugging you about I it. Know, <laughs> I know, I know, I know, I know. And those big ones we were working with yesterday, they got to be, oh, three and a half, four feet tall. The, you know, those, falling apart, yes. Those are six feet across. They're big. Yeah. Of course, it's the hottest spot in town. They're at the Extended Stay Hotel. Holy moly. Yeah, facing south against the white wall. So, loving it. Absolutely loving it. Soaking it right up. That's right. So. And the, the hydrangeas that are budded up and are just about to bloom now. Aren't those cool? Mm, lovely. And so what about for fruit trees and for raspberries and all of the fruiting things that are going on right now? Is there anything special people should be doing, Dave? Well, yes, with the raspberries in particular, because they've just now been harvested. And so the last of the ripe berries are on them now. People are picking them and uh, either preserving them or just eating them right out of hand like that. And as soon as the last berry is picked on that stem, go ahead and cut that thing down to the ground. Now, there are different types of raspberries. There are. There are a few that bear on the new growth. And, and those you would recognize. They're called a primocane. And they're, they're the ones that, that they're, they're mostly very modern hybrids that do this. And they would be ones that would bloom, that would fruit on the wood that grows this year. But almost all raspberries are the old-fashioned kind who are going to have fruit on that plant 
That, that stem that grows this year isn't going to fruit until next year. But the stem that had fruit this year will never have fruit again. Right. But it will be a source for uh, infestation and decay. So go ahead. Oh, goody. And, and uh, cut it down. <laughs> cut it down while it's still not decaying. And, and, uh, and get keep rid of things clean. Things. Keep them clean. That's the big thing about, uh, not just with raspberries, with all those kind of fruiting things. Because all the fungus diseases, and we're in a place that gets fungus diseases, you know. Right. Fungus, are, fungus is us. Fungus is among us. There's no <laughs> doubt about it. And a lot, the main way to combat fungus diseases is with sanitation. You know, if you keep things clean, keep the old leaves raked up, keep any kind of spent fruit off the ground, all that stuff, all those things become sources of infection, sources of infestation. You know, I noticed on, um, in a garden I'm taking care of, one of the hydrangeas have something on their leaf. It's not an insect that I can see, but it certainly looks like it was an aphid sucking on it or Does something. Does it look like you can see light through the leaf? It's mottled. You yes. know what I mean? Here uh-huh. it's green, here it's not, here it's green, here it's not. In the minuscule, you know right. what I mean? The leaves aren't very big to begin with. But uh, it looked to me like it was some kind of... It, Little it, tiny sucking thing. Mm-hmm. And probably it's something called a thrip. You know, and they're and so they're you tiny. think that just you means you can see them with a magnifying glass, but you can't see them with a bare eye. Okay, so do you think uh, cleaning up all those leaves this year and giving it a good feed going into winter will help that? Will certainly help it. You know, because you know a lot of things didn't get the attention that they needed. Win- that they needed. Winter was longer, uh, and, and it was came really wet early, and it was really cold. Right. You know, so. Uh, I just thought perhaps this was kind of a malnutrition slash insect thing. Well, you know, always if the plant's malnourished, it's going to be more attractive to an insect pest. There's no question about it. There's no way to, to, uh, to feed it out of being eaten, though. Right. You know, so you got to watch out. If you see the first signs of it, I'm just saying you want to make sure you get all, right get all those leaves taken care of. Right. And, of course, the hydrangeas, when you go into fall, you cut them back anyway, and you don't want to leave them on the ground. All that stuff gets taken away. Yeah. Okay. And and very little of it's going to go into your compost heap. Those kinds of things should go into the garbage or into the incinerator or, or into a bonfire or whatever it is, but make them go away. Don't put those spores back into your circulation. I was really surprised at how well the Rogosa roses did this year. You know, they just are such workers. And they, everybody loves a rose. Yeah, everybody loves a rose. So. And in the Juno Garden page on uh, Facebook, James Denali posted these pictures of uh, white rugosas. So pretty. Oh, good morning, conversations. Good morning, David. Good morning, Margaret. Been listening to you for years and love your show. Oh, thank well, you. Thanks. Hey, my alder next to the driveway has got some uh, mold on the bottom leaf that's kind of white and spotty. Pa- powdery mildew, maybe? It's everywhere yes, right now. That, that would be it. Yeah. It's the, you know, we've had the moist and then we've had the really hot and that combination of weather causes powdery mildew to spread. So just make sure you rake up the leaves when they drop. Okay, great. 
thank you so much. Thanks for calling in. You betcha. And I, I do love your show. I know you're going to quit pretty soon, but uh, see you next year. Okay. Okay. Take hey, care. thanks a lot for the call. Boy, I was pretty. Are we quitting? How come? One of these days. <laughs> Not yet, though. You know, I'm going to put my feet in and hold on as long as I can. There's no question about well, it. Okay, so let me know if we are. Okay, I was pruning these red-leaved maple trees. The really, really dark red Crimson King last, last week, just yesterday. And they also had that powdery mildew on them. And it really shows up dramatically. Is salmon berries leaves. have it? Things in the wild have it it's really the weather Absolutely. it's a combination of yeah. the and weather. It's, it's a successful fungal good morning conversations good morning how are you folks doing today we're good i um i called a couple of weeks ago about the the rhubarb right yeah um i i forgot to ask is there anything i should do to prepare them for winter go Call ahead and feed them up again I'm sorry? If you give them some fertilizer now, they will certainly appreciate it. Oh, okay. Uh, and uh, have, you, have you harvested as much as you're going to? Um, there's still really, they're not really a little, probably about six or seven inches tall. And coming along really nice. Uh, this is my first year with them. Yes, so go I ahead. Give them some uh, chicken manure or something like that. Something that's going to uh, help them build up their starch reservoir because they're one right. of those things that has a huge starch reservoir in the root system and that's why they can throw that stuff up so early in the spring and just boom right out of the ground okay okay that cool thanks a lot i don't need to cover them or anything right no no they're, okay. gr they're great yeah really really tough and they're coming along really nice i did take a picture when um you asked me to a few weeks ago and they were really tiny then, but now they're probably like triple in size. I was like, oh my goodness, the first plants I've ever grown that aren't dying on me. <laughs> no, and you know, they're going to keep growing for a couple of months yet. So yeah, yeah. You, chicken manure, or if you have, I don't know what kind of fertilizer you use, or even if you use it, but ideally yeah. something organic because you're going to eat it. Okay. And uh, yeah, right. if you have liquid fish fertilizer, just realize that you need to make it weaker than the directions tell you on the bottle because okay. it gets stronger over time. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, well, that makes sense. Okay, good. Awesome. Congratulations. Yeah, we would say to anybody else who's looking for something to start with, rhubarb is a really good one. Thanks. Have a great week. You okay, too. thanks a Thank lot. Thank you. And, you know, it's so satisfying to have something that you grow be something you can eat. I certainly understand that sensation. That was my introduction to those kinds of things too. Long before I ever appreciated how, uh, how lovely and delightful it was to grow ornamental things, I really appreciated having broccoli, having Swiss chard, having onions that I grew from when I was well, just like you, starting at four years old. Same thing for me. I started as a little tiny child and my parents encouraged me and, and showed me how to do that stuff and introduced me to the whole aspect of horticulture and gardening. Thanks a lot, Mom and Dad. I really, really, from here, from this uh, exalted, aged viewpoint, i reaching out to you. I sure appreciated all that stuff you did to me. Thank you. You know, we both lived in incredible landscapes. You in a more rural, California, organic farm landscape. That it was. Yeah, and me with a more formal 
uh, Monet-style Japanese garden. Color-coordinated. Very color-coordinated. <laughs> That's right. You, were, you really did have a color-coordinated home and landscape. Your mom was on it. We had 17 different types of <coughs> camellias alone, you know. It was really something, and roses, and spireas, and very Victorian style, but still. One of my really prominent memories with my father and his horticultural aspects, we had a walnut orchard that we paid the taxes on the property with, and he would continually cycle the walnuts. As the, the grafted part got old and decayed, he would cut that off. New sprouts would come from the the base in the black walnut and he'd be grafting new English walnuts into him and I can see him out there skinny with a big floppy hat with his grafting tools and his chisels well, taking branches see, off it, one it and putting you, on you know, another it, it, though it is labor there's something so satisfying about working in the landscape that you see the work you put into it and you can look at it and say this is what I did today you know, where I think sometimes people who are trapped in having to do things online can't really see what they did today. I mean, they know they did work, but it doesn't give you that visual stroke that being in the landscape gives you. And I love it when I get to work with young people who say, okay, well, show me about this. And boy, look at how much nicer it looks that I spent time taking care of my rose bush or mowing my lawn or whatever the heck they're doing, you know? And it is satisfying. And one of the nicest things about it that really continually re-energizes me is that when you do it and you do the job, then the process goes on after you've finished your work. Right. You know, the, the, the plants it, thrive. The plants everything thrive. looks good. Everything better. glows. It all was saying, you hooray, hooray. You can go hooray. back a week later and you can say, oh, yeah, right. Not, not just did I do that and clean it and prune it and fertilize it, but now it's responding and all this stuff is happening and it's growing right along in front of me. It just thrills me. Uh, good morning, Conversations. Yeah, I've just finished putting together two new planting areas. Great. Good. One of them is in full sunlight, but the un the one I've got the most questions about is one that's going to be totally shaded. Okay. It, it will not receive direct sunlight ever, but it, it is very light. There's no trees around it. It's just that it's shaded by the fence. Okay, so it's bright indirect light. Yes. Great. Well, a lot of things grow in that. Yeah, you look around at the wild world here, and so much of it is like that. You know, that really inspires you to see that, that there's so much of the of just looking at the wild world, things grow very well there. So what were you thinking about planting over there? Well, actually, I have a huge uh, clump of sagifrash, uh -huh. and that's what I was going to put in there initially, but I don't know. I think it likes sunlight. It depends on what kind it is. Is it the mo mossy type? With the pink uh, flowers or that grows over the rocks? Or... Or is it the one that grows like a a spiral of leaves? No, it's the mossy kind. The mossy kind. They, it really needs to be in the sun. It does. Okay. Okay. Now, there's a lot of things that will grow in that bright, indirect light and um, and still thrive and flower for you. There's irises. There's hostas. Astilbes. There, there's astilbe. There's... Hydrangeas. Yeah. There's rhododendrons. They'll all take that bright, indirect light. But okay. for the alpine things, which is what a saxifrage is, it really needs 
even though it lives in the clouds a lot, it really needs sunlight on it to get it to perform well and not get into rotting because that's what it tends to do is rot when it's in the shade. Is that why the center of the plant usually dies out? Yeah, a lot of the time. And sometimes it just gets to a certain age where the center dies and then you have to separate it all out to give it more life. And one of the things about that particular kind of saxifrage, again, if you look at where it grows wild in the world, it grows on a nearly vertical surface hanging over rocks. And if you do it like that, if you have it in something where it can, can hang and crawl down, then it won't die out in the middle. But if you have it so it's growing flat on the ground and spreading out, then the middle is going to die. Because really, it, it needs to be that well-drained, brightly exposed uh, kind of environment. Like the alpine zone. So when I transplant sagifrash, it's in the area that I'm going to eventually put the, the vegetable garden. How deep do those roots go? It looks like they're right on the surface. They are. Yep. And they kind of like it right on top of some gravelly, sandy surface rather than the kind of rich, hummusy type of surface you would need for vegetables. Mm-hmm. And what so when, when you transplant it, you know, you can kind of tear it up a little bit. Uh-huh. So you're taking little pieces around the edges and then planting those out. And that way you'll get not only a, a great increase in them, but the, that's kind of your response to the center dying is to tear it apart and replant it. What about on a, we live right along the river. Can they grow along the slope of a river? Perfect. As yeah. long as there's not a lot of competing grass. Uh-huh. You know, or, or grass erosion. really, because it's all about size. Saxifrage is a pretty small, fine thing, and grass is a pretty big, coarse thing. <laughs> right. Okay. Sounds great. Well, thank you. Thank you for calling. Call okay. again. Mm-hmm. Okay, talk to you later. Thanks again. Bye. So, so, go ahead. You were looking at the availability list I that was. we're going to order this on. This is the time. Boy, oh boy, ten, talk about fantasies. 10-gallon oh. lilacs. We ten need ga- to yes. get, get ten, some of those. And what's really cool were the, uh, the clump Japanese maples in a 25-gallon can, five feet tall. Yes. With six or eight stems on them. Oh, man, oh, man, I want to get some of those. Well, you know, the thing is, is that when I hear those things, it's like, okay, this is this is my palette. You know what I mean? It's like, okay, there's some landscape that's going to come to me that I'm going to get to use some of this material in. So for me, it's like a painter with paints. You know, yep, here's the you. green and here's the orange and here's the blue and here's the red. And plant material for me is that palette. So creating, being able to have access to fabulous specimens makes a beautiful landscape a lot easier because uh-huh. really what you're doing is you're buying time oh you are you're buying years of somebody's time just let me read you just a few things those palmatums and then and then uh climbing hydrangeas climbing hydrangeas in 20 gallon cans oh my goodness they must be on trellises they're on trellises that's right and they're probably six feet tall okay so you, anybody listening to this that wants david to order anything for them they ought to Get in touch oh, with yeah. them today. It's, it's going to happen right now. The uh, nursery conventions going on in the Pacific Northwest, and all the buyers from the whole world are there buying for next season. And so we are, we are right at the point where you got to put your list in. And this next week, the the nurseries are going to be assigning who gets what, and they'll never have enough to satisfy the demand. So you said they had serpentine larches. Does that mean that's like a 
a snake crawling up a pole? Or what do you mean by serpentine? Yes, they take the, the trunk and, and train it. it into an S. Yes, like that. You've seen them growing yeah. around, you know. Yeah, you know. And then the then the dangling branches hang over the outside of. Well, them. I want some of those, even if you don't like them. I don't like them. I but, like them, but I'll get them because for once you. they get big, you don't notice that. Okay, uh, we were working this week and on I a project. And I want some Japanese white pine. Okay. That's one of the most beautiful trees. It's up there on the mountainside of states. And it, was, I, it is an absolutely beautiful tree. It is, and I, I want some of those. You okay. might have to go to the Ashragis or somebody like that to get it. I can find them, I know. I know where they are, hidden out there amidst the multitude. And the one thing about the, the pandemic that's hard for everybody is... You know, David and I are used to going to the farms and walking through all the acreage and looking at all the different varieties of all kinds of plants. And picking out exactly the ones we want. Yeah, tagging them and putting our name on them. Luckily, we've been doing business with these people for a long time, so they always pick us good things. But I just miss being out there. Yeah. You know, the world is a fabulous extravaganza of plant material. And when you go to Oregon and you can walk in those fields... It is hot. It is wonderful. We went to a nursery a couple of years ago, a guy who grows specialty conifers. And he had maybe 20, it was called 25. Peace of Mind. That's right. That's right. That's what it was called, Peace of Mind Nursery. And they, they probably had um, maybe 25 of each kind. And he'd been a chemist or something. Uh, AT&T, I think. Something. Yeah. You know, he, An engineer at AT&T. He, and he retired, and, and then he bought a farm and decided to grow specialty conifers. I got to talk about operating the little forklift this week. All right. I rented a, one of those little forklifts from Tyler Rental. What a tool. How exciting it is. You can reach out and pick things up and move them around, and you can pick up hundreds and hundreds of pounds Right. With the little movement of your hands and twist around from side to side and pick them up and take them down. And we used it to peel up these, these uh, turf areas. It was really cool. And you call them up and they bring it to you. It's great. Good morning, Conversations. Hey, uh, is this the show? This yeah. is the show. Hey, I got a question about uh, fertilizer. What's the best type of fertilizer? I got some of your fire and ice last year and it kind of kind of not doing too well and i wonder if i should have put some fertilizer on it you certainly should fire and ice is a kind of hydrangea and they are a fertilizer user so uh come see me come see me this weekend and i'll show you some okay. things and uh, of course there's different kinds of fertilizers for all kinds of different stuff and what you're going to want for that is something that's going to be a low slow rate feed that's good for low temperatures at this time of year, because it's going to feed it uh, all winter long. In the springtime, okay. use a different kind. But right now, this is the kind that you'll use. So okay. I'll see and, you then. And nobody carries it but us. So oh, that's, great, that's why great. you can't say, go here to buy it, because we import it from Canada. Yeah. Oh, nice. nice. It's something the Canadians developed for Cold revegetation soils. in the far north. It's so and it, cool. And, it, and is that good for other type of plants, too? Or sure. It is. That, Especially right. going into winter. Okay. Okay. Okay, great. See you then. Hey, thank you. You yeah, gotcha. You bet. Anyway. Okay, now you were raving about little, something. I, I love that little 519 forklift. It's, if I, I were to, uh, I'd like one that's even littler. I'd well, like you don't get one. <laughs> Tyler gets to buy all the equipment they want, and you can they go do. and rent those. I know that somebody must make a smaller one, but I've never seen one. But it, I would like to have one that was kind of like 
like okay. a dingo. You when know, you, you marry somebody else of... and have another life, you can have all that that you want. But when oh, you're married right. to me, it ain't happening. Okay. okay. So looking over the list of things to buy, Miss Kim Lilac on a standard, trained like a little puffy tree. Oh, that's so cool. I just love that. And uh, the quick fire hydrangea trees. You know, we did. They're big ones, aren't they? They're big ten, ones. Ten gallons or ten something gallon like that. Ten gallon right? They'll be six to eight feet tall, and they and they'd be in bloom. The ones around town now are blooming, and they're they're still pale. They haven't turned pink or red yet. That's still yet to come. It's late. I mean, the weather, the planting in the garden is is late. You know. So the quick fire hydrangeas that I planted for the university, they're up around the pump house. Are, yeah, great big mass of flowers on them now, but still pale. Mm-hmm. The pink has yet to come, and a lot of that has to do with nighttime temperature. So as it gets well, cooler, the, in the temperature nights, dropped ten degrees this week, didn't it? Though it went from sixty-four degrees to fifty-four degrees in one twenty-four hour period, and I thought, oh darn, I'm gonna have to start <laughs> wearing a t-shirt underneath my shirt. <laughs> That's right. Okay, so uh, I'll be open today at Landscape Alaska. Margaret has her crew working today, so I'm afraid she won't be there for you to talk to. But I will be, and I'll be there gladly. And he can talk a lot. Well, there's that. So go talk to him. We've lost we've lost a lot of our uh, labor force due to school starting again. So if you are interested in working with an exciting kind of program or outside work and learning about the horticulture stuff, give us a call. We'd like to hire a few more people to work on the landscape crew. I'd like to hire somebody else to work in the nursery. So come and see us, talk to us about that too. Uh, At the moment, because of lack of staff, we're open uh, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, and not open during the week. And uh, you can give me a call and make an arrangement, and I can always meet you someplace, but but we're pretty much close to the end of our uh, labor force. But we have... uh, an incredible amount of material right now. Yeah. Just be- beautiful. Beautiful. Beautiful, and, beautiful. And uh, Margaret bought a whole load of perennials aiming to uh, counteract that scarcity in the spring. So she got all kinds of stuff she couldn't get in the springtime. The dwarf now, monarda are really killers. And if you are monarda. interested in monarda, this is it. And you ought to come get some. And, and they're big and beautiful. And I got a fresh shipment of rosemary and some oregano and... The Louisias. The Louisias that are the most spectacular flowering plant you can have around here. And beautiful little delphiniums. Oh, I better get some delphiniums and bring them up there today. Okay, this is Conversations with Alaskan Gardeners. And uh, we are coming to the end of our show tonight. We'll today, talk, well, we'll this talk morning. to you to <laughs> next week. He doesn't know where he's at. Okay. Okay. And uh, remember, folks, happy gardening.